Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. We are in London for London. That's why we're here in this series about in London for London. Actually, next week is the neek, is the neek. Next neek is the week. Next week is the week that we're going to have first responders here. We got EMS people, fire people, police people. Don't be afraid when you pull in the parking lot. Don't be afraid when you see people in uniforms. It's okay because we've invited them to come. And I got a fabulous word on first responders. It's so good. I'm just so stirred up. I can't wait to preach it. I hope I don't cook it so much that it's ready before time. But it's going to be ready just on time. We're going to have an amazing week. But today, we're going to talk about again, in London for London, all right? So who are we? We are Impact Church. What are we all about? We are transforming lives to impact their world. How many lives have been touched a little bit? How many lives have been transformed a bit? How many of your lives have been so touched that other people are saying, what's up with you? What's going on with you? I mean, something's happening in your world. There's something shifting, something's changing. I had somebody talking to me a few weeks ago. I said, Pastor Carl, you've changed. I said, have not. I've been awesome all the time. But you know what? I have changed. Have you changed? If you're not changing, you know, it starts with glory. And you got to start in glory. It's not from ugly to glory. It's from glory to glory. But you got to be in glory to get the glory. And you got to get in glory. And he places you in glory because the glory comes from him. And he's gifted you. Father, the glory you've given me, I give them. But he says that glory, you can move into other realms of glory. And how many are getting better all the time? How many are looking in the mirror going, you are really awesome looking. It's good. I looked in the mirror the other day and I saw an old man. I went, who's that? I went, oh my God. (laughs) Did not, did not. Just kidding. All right. But didn't see that. I saw a spry, wonderful, fresh, ready to do it. Scratch golfer. That's what I saw. Amen. Those who've golfed with me know that that's a word of faith. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm feeling Jesus' love all over me. I don't know about you, but you should open your heart right now because something really good is being poured out of heaven. Just really the love and favor and grace of God and just get whacked. And if you can't hear me speaking anymore, that's even better. Just keep drinking that and enjoy that. But we are transforming lives to impact their world. That's what we're all about. That's what the goodness of God is. It's where you come and you get made alive. You're a new creation. You're transformed. And the transformation isn't to get you to heaven. The transformation is to get heaven into you and then to touch your world and impact everything for the glory of God. So that's who we are. We're Impact Church. Say, we are are. Impact Church. All right, so this side say, we are. are. This side say, Impact Church. That was pretty weak over there. Come on, somebody help. Pinch your neighbor. Say, smart enough. You ready? We are. We are. Boy, that was fun, wasn't it? How many came to church expecting that to happen? All right. I didn't either. So look at this now. We're here. We're here. But the reason we're here is because we need to go there. And we talked about last week, Pentecost Pentecost, the, the real glorious aspect of Pentecost, the, the, the big win in Pentecost was it didn't stay in the upper room. It spilled out into the streets. Amen. And if a Pentecost was one that stayed in the upper room, let's have a glory time in here. Let's really enjoy God's presence in here, okay? Whoa. Okay, let's go outside. You know, the reason you get whacked is so that you can take the whack out there and whack people. 
It's so that the goodness of God, you can have a wild celebration in here. Testimonies, talking about God's goodness, talking about Dale, talking about others and saying, next. And they're just having this wonderful triumphant life lived everywhere. And then people get jealous and say, I want what you got. And you say, that's awesome because you can have it more exceedingly abundantly in your life. So that's what it's all about. So we're in London for London. That's why we're here. We're in London for London. We are, it's the reason you're here. It's the reason why God placed you in this city. Did he place me here? Yeah, it's the reason why you're here in this region. I mean, maybe you live in St. Thomas, like my children might soon. And there's nothing wrong with St. Thomas. I love St. Thomas. I just don't love that my daughter's moving to St. Thomas. But St. Thomas is awesome, but it's not awesome that she's further away. But in this season of rebellion in her life, we pray the grace of God. And we just, you know, don't speak. That's not true. Other people are telling her there's purpose in it. It's God's will. And they've left the church now. But praise Jesus. <laughs> just kidding. It's so good. We trust Jesus with all these things. Amen? He pursues us even when we go the wrong way. So it's okay. See, we talked about that last week with Jonah, right? Jonah went the wrong way. Jonah, I mean, Jonah, Jonah knew that God would save a wicked city. He knew that God would show mercy to a wicked city. He knew that God wanted his enemies to come into a revelation of God's kingdom. He knew that. And so he went on vacation and went the other way. Isn't that a terrible thing? With a knowledge and a revelation of the mercy and goodness of God that should be expressed to people that are evil, even your worst enemies, you went on a vacation instead of doing what God wanted you to do. You know what? So last week we prayed, Lord, get Jonah out of me. Get any bigotry, hatred, anything that is not of you, get it out of me because I know that every single person is an object of your love and you want to do it through me. So flood me, saturate me, baptize me so much in your love that when I get squeezed or frustrated, poof, all that comes out is love. And we want that to happen because that's the message. That's why Jonah wrote the book. Jonah wrote the book, a very self-deprecating book because he wanted to say, don't be like me. Don't be like I was. And he wrote it on purpose to tell us, get that right out of your nature and make sure that everybody expects. I love when I run into Carl. I don't know what it is. You know, I just love being around him because even if, even if I, I, have, I think that he wouldn't like my world, what I believe in, but no matter what I know when I encounter him, I'm going to be smeared with unconditional love. Thank you, Glenn, for that. Anyone else? <laughs> Praise God. So we talked about Jonah, we talked about Luke 15, 1 to 3, and there's beautiful parables there. We know them, the, the lost sheep, the lost coin. He's got 99 sheep that are found, he goes after the lost one. He's got 10 coins, lose one, he goes after the lost one. I mean, looks for it, just rapidly looks for it. And then there's the lost son who squandered everything, total mess, total train wreck of a life. But you know what, when he makes that little effort to come home, the father had been looking the whole time, ready to embrace. And so why did Jesus teach those? It says, so Jesus told these parables. Why did he tell? them because the religious leaders were a bunch of hypocrites the religious leaders didn't understand that the lost matter to God what is the priority of God the lost what is the priority of God the person across the road the person across the street the broken person that you've run into that is God's priority if you want to know what is God doing God is seeking to save the lost you know, that is his priority. And that's why Jesus told this, to try to break off all the religious people, their misconceptions of what's going on. So God loves this city, and God's priority is lost people. Can I get an amen? amen. 
All right, selfie is now a word in the dictionary. I looked it up today. I pulled up my dictionary online, and I found the definition of selfie. It's in the dictionary. Whoever thought 10 years ago selfie would actually be in the dictionary? So you can now use it in Scrabble. Selfie is a word, all right? So for you Scrabble people, selfie, that's how it's spelled. That's how it's pronounced. Emphasis on the cell part, selfie. So there it is. Now you can pronounce it properly. What is a selfie? A selfie is a photograph taken with a smartphone or a digital camera by a person who is also the photographer. So the person taking the picture, the photographer and the object in the picture are the same. So that is a selfie. So a person takes a selfie when they go, hey, click, that's a selfie. Because the person taking the picture and the person in the photograph is especially for posting on social media to say, hey, look at me, I was here today. Hey, Amen. How many have posted a selfie? Some of you have posted a lot of selfies. Like, holy cow, like, awesome, you know, very good looking. Okay, but selfies, some people are into selfies. I post a few selfies. I like selfies. I check. Isn't it, on my computer, I can actually click on my photographs, and I can click selfie, and all my selfies pop up. Isn't that ama an amazing feature in my photo app is I can ask for, how many selfies did I do? And you go click, and it'll show me how many times I took a selfie. I was surprised, it was uh, quite a few. Anyway, so there was a lot of those pictures in there. So that's a selfie, let me show you a selfie. You ready, here's a, here's a selfie. This was in the New York Post, but this girl was taking a selfie of the Brooklyn Bridge, but what she realized was that there's actually police trying to talk a jumper off the bridge, and she took the selfie, and then she looked at it later and said, wow, I took a selfie, and I caught a jumper in my selfie, and she posted it anyways. That's where a selfie becomes selfie-ish. Let me show you another selfie-ish. Look at this one. This was an explosion of a gas main, and people were actually hurt in this explosion, and this guy thought, what an awesome place to take a selfie. People could have been hurt in this fire, lives destroyed, and hey! That's, that's not a good selfie. But he did that. Here's another one. Okay, so there's a, a multi-car pileup. We got several ambulances, EMS people there, all kinds of stuff. So I figure I'll stop and get out of the car. And this is a really good place to say, hey, look, people behind me have suffered. They're going into the hospital. People might have died here. Woo! Settle down. It's okay. My God. Go to the next one. This was in Australia, and it was a hostage taking, and a whole group of people in a bank were taken hostage, and all the people had surrounded the bank, and these guys decided, hey, come here, guys, quick, let's get a selfie of this scene. Are you okay? You're all right? You're really, really quiet. Did some of you do this, or what? You know, so, yeah. Okay, go, let's go to the next one. <laughs> this, I, I love this one. Officer, could you just look in the window, please? <laughs> I reckon the officer should have given him a bigger ticket for that one. I give you imagine you bend down, click. Like, what is wrong with this kid? Anyways, uh, that's good. Thank God they weren't around when I was younger. Anyway, for a lot of reasons, I'll tell you. Anyway, uh, let me another one. I think I got another one. Oh, now this is a girl who took a selfie of her tattoo of herself taking a selfie. She got a tattoo of herself taking a selfie, and she took a selfie of the selfie of her taking a tattoo selfie on her arm. So she took a selfie of her taking a selfie, which she got a tattoo of her taking a selfie on her arm. So it's a selfie tattoo of a person who takes selfies of herself taking tattoos on a selfie. That was really hard right there. I hope you got it. But, but how many think that's pretty strange? Let me show you another one. I'll show you another one. Look at this guy. I mean... This guy's at a picnic, and instead of enjoying the picnic with all the other people, he's taking pictures. Oh, turn now. That's me. Stop that. Move that one. That's terrible. 
Oh, you can move that one now. Hello. Oh, thank you. Amen. Anyway, just wanted to kind of show that, wow, sometimes people get so tied up in themselves. There's life is happening all around them, and they're so engaged with themselves, they're missing what's really going on. So you know what? You were in London for selfies. <laughs> you were in London for London. You were in London because there's people in London that need to be touched and impacted for you. You're in London. You're in St. Thomas. You're in Rodney. You're in Tilsonburg. You're in, uh, uh, what's that town called? The, you're in, Zach? Strathroy, right, Strathroy. <laughs> there's, you're in all these, I mean, you're here. You're in this region because God wants to use you and he wants to touch this region. Psalm 137, 1 to 4. I'm going to read it for you. Ready? Not all of it's up there, but I'll read it for you. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, and there we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our harps. They hung our harps. By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down, here we wait as we remember Zion. You remember that one? Good reggae song. I like that one. All right. But by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down, we hung our hearts, we wept as we remembered Zion, upon the willows we hung our harps in the midst of it. For there, those who carried us their captive asked us for a song, and those who plundered us asked us for mirth, saying, sing us a song, one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Now what happened here was the people of God got overrun by the Babylonians and the Babylonians, the way they overcame people they conquered was they displaced them and they moved them from where they were and they thought if we can get them out of their areas and remove them from where their location is, we can take over those areas, disperse people and mix up all the nations so they'll be easier to control because we'll disperse them and send them all over the place. So these people got moved over to Babylon and the people of God, when they got to Babylon, they wouldn't move into the city. They stayed by the river and they refused to enter in the city. They stayed there and said, no way, man, you might have pulled us out of Israel, but we're not going into your filthy, rotten towns. We're not going to be a part of your communities. We disagree with your political systems, your lifestyle, and everything else. We're going to stay by the river and we're not even going to sing a song. And when you guys come out and say, hey, we hear you guys are awesome singers. You guys have great music. Could you sing a song? No, I'm not even going to be happy. I'm not coming in. I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to sing. I'm going to stay out here and pout. I'm not even going to acknowledge that we're near you. You're dogs. You're miserable. You're ugly. I don't like you. That's what they did. That's what was going on here. So they hung their harps and said, we're not going to be happy. We're frustrated. We're disappointed. And that was the end of that. So Jeremiah 29, this is a prophecy to those people that were hanging out by the river all sad and mopey. Amen. Have you ever been to a church and everybody's sad and mopey? And everybody's like, we're Christians, we're suffering, it's bad for us, we're in this miserable world, wish God would get us out of here, we're not even going to be happy, we're just going to be miserable and mad at everybody. <laughs> Are you okay? Smile, tell me you're okay. It's okay, Jeremiah, chapter 29, prophet Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord of hosts to these people, miserable, sitting outside the city, all ugly. This is what the Lord of hosts says to Israel, to all those carried away captive whom I've caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Take, give for your daughter's husband so that they may bear sons and daughters so that you may be 
increased, that you may increase there and not be diminished. Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. Pray to the Lord for the city, for the city, for the city. Pray for it. Seek the peace of the city, for in its peace you will have peace. Those grumpy people, so miserable, sitting outside the city, we're not going to identify with these creepy people. To those people, the Lord Almighty said, move into the city. Build houses in the city. Plant gardens in the city. Continue on with your life in the city. Have children. Get married. Get on with it. Increase. Plant stuff. Eat what you plant. Enjoy what's going on. Bless the city. Pray for the city. Command the shalom of God on the city. And the shalom that you command will be upon the city. And the peace of that city will be peace for you. In my notes, it said, pull back a minute because there's going to be a standing ovation. So. <laughs> Crouching partial applause. Okay. okay. <laughs> my, my wife just said, you know what she said? And it's not even about that. She said, I'm so needy. It's not about me getting applause, honey. It's about the word of God getting applause. It's about the revelation from heaven touching hearts and people being grateful and responding with, thank you, Jesus. But you're, you're still my favorite wife. Still my favorite wife. My first wife. Cheryl's my first wife. Only wife. Thank you, Jesus. The first and the last. Alpha and Omega. The beginning, the end. She started the relationship, she'll end it. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Same chapter. These sad, miserable people saying, I know the thoughts. Don't. Don't think it's over. Don't think that this is your end. Don't think that just because things are miserable right now that that's your future. Don't believe that for a bit because I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. And those thoughts are peace, shalom, and not for evil. Evil's not going to overtake you. You're, you're not, the world's not going to overrun you. You're not going to lose your faith, your hope, your belief system. You're not going to get overrun or overwhelmed by anything. I'm with you. And I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. You don't have to fear where you are, the circumstances you're in. You don't have to hang your harp and stop singing. You can believe and you can trust me that I know the plans I have for you. And you know what? They are thoughts for peace, for shalom, for nothing missing, nothing broken, blessed in every single way, overcoming to the extreme. I mean, just flourishing in every way. Those are my thoughts and those are my plans for you, says the Lord. And they're not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Hey! And that was to these people sitting by the river going, we're not singing, we're not doing anything, we're not even going into town, we're going to sit here by the river and just be sad as long as it takes. To those people, God spoke, come on, there's something going on there. Focus on the fact that God has great things in store for you, amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, God has great things in store for you. This side was a whole lot more active than this side. So... No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. God has great things in store for you. His hopes for you to prosper you and to bless you. Even if you don't pass the test, you're going to get a call. You're hired. 
Because that's what God does. Like, like you can go like, wow, I really thought God was going to do something there for me. That was a really great opportunity. Bummer. Oh, well, I'm going to stay steady, keep believing. I'm going to press through. Bang! You're hired. Woo! Well, that never happens. It does when you're a child of God. Amen. Give me one more verse. You ready? Here's another verse. Jeremiah 29, 27. Now, therefore, why have you not rebuked Jeremiah of Anathoth, who makes himself a prophet to you? Jeremiah had people in, uh, in Babylon who received this message. They wrote letters back to the priests in Jerusalem and said, Jeremiah is sending us good news prophecies. Jeremiah has been sending words to us to go in the city, like go into Babylon and, and become a part of the community and to flourish in the community, be blessed in the community. I told the people, be sad, miserable, hang your hearts, don't sing. And he's been sending prophetic words that the Lord says, go in, increase, prosper. I've got plans and a purpose for you. Command the peace of God on Babylon. Are you kidding me? Somebody rebuke Jeremiah. That's what happened in this passage. And you know what? I've been rebuked a lot of times. I've had people literally say to me, I don't think God's that good. I said, well, you're serving the wrong God. I think your ideas of how it's all going to work out is weird. Well, I think you're reading the wrong Bible. So I tell you, the word for today is we are in London for London. God's got us here to touch this city. And if something's going to shift in London, it's going to happen because we say so, because London matters. Just turn your labor, say London matters. It really, really does. All right, so first of all, we are not a church in London. We are not a church in London. We're in London. Well, really, we're coming from a lot of different places. Some live in London, some don't. Some are outside London. We're all over the place. But we are church. We are the living, breathing body of Christ, but we're not church in London. It's not like, yeah, our church is in London. Yeah, we, well, the church, we might have the address here in London, but some churches are just in their city, you know? We're in the city, but it's where we meet. But that's where we have our meetings. But we're actually isolated. We're in the city, but, but we're isolated from it. We're insulated from it. We hardly ever touch it, but it is the city that we're in. But we're completely insulated from being involved in it or touching it in any ways because we are the church in London, but we don't touch London. We don't really, you know, interact with London, but that is our address. It's where we are hiding out until Jesus gets us out of this mess. So come and join the secret service because we're in London. We're not the church in London. Is that okay? Do you understand? All right. Let me, let me give you another one. We are not the church against London. We're not the church against London. Pastor, what do you mean about that? We're not the church that is set here in London to protest everything. There's sinners out there. There's evil people doing evil things, and we don't like it. That's actually not the message. The message is, Jesus Christ died for your sins. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. You are set free and you are healed. Everything that's screwed up, you can't do a thing about it because sin or sin. What you need is a change of nature. What you need is a visitation of God. What you need is an encounter with God. Let me introduce you to Jesus who can set you free. The church thinks it's their job to tell the world, you're screwed up. We oppose you. Aren't you glad somebody, while you were yet a sinner, 
told you about a God who loved you. While we were yet sinners, God died for us. There is stuff I'm really opposed to. But above and beyond that, I have a higher reason for being here, and that is to reach lost people, to seek and to save sinners. Because as he was sent, I've been sent. How was he sent? To seek and save the lost. Not to seek and save to yell at the lost or identify their sins. Or let me examine the flight patterns of the demons that are on your life. You have one that goes up, down, sideways. Then we have now studied the pattern of your demonic oppression. I'm not here to study the nonsense. I'm here to tell people Jesus sets you free. And you can be five years old and tell people that. You don't have to take a massive course to just say, Jesus loves you. We are for you, not against you. We care about you. How many actually are part of Impact Church because you found a community that cares? You know, I love that Irene Matheson, she says, wow, this is a place of real joy. This is a place where you know, one song, just one little encounter, shook a few hands in the parking lot, and we train our people in the parking lot to smile and be nice. But somebody encountered us for the very first time, which can be very nerve-wracking. Where am I going today? Keith, where are we going today? I don't know, dear. It could be scary. But you know what? That was nice. Look at this. You, you people are nice people. We should be nice people. The very, very best people. Because in the presence of the Lord and where God is and where the Spirit of the Lord is the Lord, there's freedom, emancipation from every form of bondage. And when you come into an encounter with God, God is love. And that should be the manifestation. So we are not a church against London. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, sorry. We're not a, I told you we were against them. We're really not. <laughs> sorry about that. Next, we are not the church of London. We are not the church of London. I actually belong to another kingdom. My citizenship is a completely other realm. I am in London and I'm here for London, but I'm not of London. Really, London doesn't frame who I am. London doesn't frame my mindsets. I'm not here to agree with everything that goes on in London. So I'm not against London, but I'm also not of London. I actually do live in a completely different kingdom. I operate out of a whole different system of rules and regulations. The Spirit of God written on my heart. I don't, I'm not led by the flesh or by the newspaper or anything else. I'm led by the Spirit of God, and I'm not of London. And there are some churches that they think that we need to be relevant or we need to identify with our culture, and they actually take that way too far. And that would be wrong. Because, you know, there really are, when we're journeying with Christ, there are things that God talks about in his word that if we are journeying with Christ, we don't walk after the flesh. We walk after the spirit. And the transforming power of Christ really does affect our lives. And on the journey, things will change because the one to change you is in your life. And I'm no longer of London. I'm of the kingdom of heaven. And my citizenship is there. But right now, I'm on a mission so that the city of London becomes the kingdom of God. Amen. And that all cities and all nations become submitted to and subjected to the kingdom of Jesus Christ and his reign. And we're not leaving until it's done. This city will see the goodness and glory of God. Amen. Okay, well, that was good, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. So what are we? Well, we are the church for London. We're the church for London. Because you know what, London? We're for you. We're for you. Isn't that amazing? You know, I had, uh, uh, who was it? It was somebody at the picnic yesterday. Oh, who was it? Oh, I wish I knew. 
it was, I think it was the Henrys. I think it was. I think their little daughter said, you know, we need to tell the pastor more often. We're for him. Is that right? It's, it's true, isn't it? You know, Sarah was telling me, you know, my daughter the other day said, more often, we need to tell Pastor Carl, we're for him. We're behind him. We need to tell him, you're that guy. We encourage him. I've been praying for Sarah's family to finally figure that out. So, <laughs> but, you know, I was like, wow, that's, you know, I know that. I feel that from them because they manifest it all the time. But you know what? Their daughter said that. You know why their daughter said that? Because that's a culture in their home. So their daughter, you know what she spouted back to her parents? Exactly how her parents live. And the culture of we're for the pastor was manifest in their children because that's the culture that they're in. The culture of Impact Church is this. We are for London. We're for London. We are here for London. Whatever you're doing, whatever God's placed you in school, whether you're here for university or think you're just visiting, you're not. You're here on purpose and you're in that university. You're in those classes everywhere you are. It's for London. It's for people around you that God has placed you where you are right now. The education you're getting is secondary to the fact that God himself wants to touch people around where you are. I mean, the job you have. I mean, Paul's a lawyer. Paul knows he's a lawyer. He's, he's a lawyer for London. He's a God lawyer for London. You knew that, Paul. It's not news to you. But... You know what? I'm here for people. Whatever you're doing, you're here for people. You know, we get selfie life, and I'm here for me. What can I get out of it? When you're in a selfie world, you forget to realize that I'm here for people. You know, when London's going through something, London needs to know that we're for London, that we're behind London. You know, if God be for us, who can be against us? God's for us, but God wants us to be for this city and for the purpose of our king and of our God. And we are for London. All right, what does that mean, Pastor? What's that mean, we're for London? Well, here's what it means. It means when we're for London, we sing. We don't hang our harps, we sing. You know, when things are miserable, what do we do? We complain and we commiserate. No, we sing. We sing glory to God. Even when it's ugly, we sing. Even when it's messed up, we sing. Even when we're going through personal trials, we sing. Even whatever's going on in our city, it may look ugly. We're not sure what's going on. We sing. Whatever's happening, it doesn't look right. You get locked up in a jail cell. You get mistreated or accused. You know what you do? You sing. And you sing glory to God. You worship. You cry out. You say, God, you're awesome. This city is blessed. My circumstances are not my future. You have given me a hope and a future. I am condemned to a life of peace and victory and overcoming. Woo! We sing. I'm not going to let any circumstance rob my song and get me singing in a different tune. I'm going to sing constantly the glory and the goodness of God to my circumstances. Amen. Say we sing. What do we do? We build. We build. We use our abilities. We build with our gifts and our talents. We're engaged in the city. We participate in what's going on. We use our gifts and our, we volunteer. We engage. We find places where we can get engaged with London, engage with people. And Now, I volunteer at church. Well, you need to volunteer at church. You really do. Praise Jesus. Because we can't do anything without a lot of volunteers. But find other ways in London where you can get involved, where you can use your gifts and realize that your talents, whatever you're doing even as your job, it's not just the job. You're there to manifest in what you do the goodness of God where you are if you don't know that and don't understand that what you're doing can, can become very mundane and very fruitless and very hostile because you think I'm doing my job you're not doing a job you're building you're establishing the kingdom you're building his purpose you're sharing the goodness of God everywhere you are even if you're a mom at home you're building the kingdom 
We're planting. We're, we're planting real life. We're established the thing. We're, we're, we're planting for the future. We're believing. We're hopeful. We're full of life. We're full of strength. We're planting. We're sowing into things. We're believing that there's a future harvest of incredible things. We're believing. We're speaking hope into situations. We're sowing seed into situations. We're transformative people. We're planting a new flora of the greatness and the goodness of God. What does it mean to be for London? Number 54, the nursery, please. All right. You know you have a great church when you have a massive diaper pail at the end of the day. All right. Or that might mean the pastor preached a little too long. Okay. That's enough from you. I saw that. Okay. (laughs) We increase. We increase. We have children. We get married. We we manifest real family. You have no idea how your neighbors are looking at you. They're watching how you're doing family. They're watching how you do life. We need to manifest the goodness of God. I mean, if you're really a child of God, it should look a little better than that, shouldn't it? I mean, if that's true, put a demand on God. Because even if you failed the test, hello, you're hired. You got to lose your faith and you got to believe and you got to say, I shall increase. I shall increase. I'm not going to sit and pout by the river because things aren't going my way. I'm going to increase. I'm going to expand. I'm going to manifest God's goodness. We seek peace, shalom. That word means everything prospers. That word means universal flourishing. That's one of the translations says we, we command a universal flourishing from heaven. That's amazing. How many of you pray every morning and every night? May London universally flourish. Glory to God. I mean, London is blessed because of us, and we got to seek the peace of this city. And I love that, because if you seek the peace of your city, that peace will be peace to you. How many need peace? It's amazing how many times your peace is a result of you seeking peace for other people. Amazing stuff. And we pray. We pray. It says pray for the city that you are in. Folks, we are in London for London. We are in this region for this region. We are in this region to touch this, touch this region. We're in this region to bring the peace of God, the full kingdom of God, into manifestation where we are. For the peace, you will have peace. And it's peace. And it seems so crazy because it was barbaric, hostile people that they had to move in with. And when they sought the peace of their enemies, of their captives, the people who held them captive, when they sought their peace, seeking their peace, got them peace. Pretty good, huh? Not asking you to change political parties or anything. I mean, you know, so smile at your neighbor. It's okay. In its peace, you will have peace. Give me another slide. You ready? Secular morality will not save the city. I said that last week, but I just wanted to say it again. Secular morality will not save the city. It needs a miracle from God, a miracle of a saving grace. And that miracle took place 2,000 years ago when Jesus shed his blood on the cross and he died for the salvation of all mankind. Everything needed to be done is done. So we don't need some form of secular morality or some creepy or creeping improvement of people's behavior. We need a miracle. If people could have been sent a tutor or a moral instructor and that would have saved the earth, then God wouldn't have sent Jesus. He'd have sent a moral teacher and an instructor. But our problem was not our behavior in itself. It was that we were corrupt at the root. And what we need is a miracle. And London is saved because someone suffered in our place. You know, I watched last week, I watched, uh, what, what was it called? Was it called One Manchester or something Manchester where... Uh, uh, 
Ariana, is it Ariana Grande? It was One Love Manchester. And you know what's amazing about it is that everybody wants to worship. As I was watching, you watch the crowd and everybody wants to worship. They were all like, yes. You know, putting your hands up should not be awkward in church because you see these people. I mean, they all want to worship. And you know, every single one of those artists is walking out going, you know, we all need to love each other, man. Dude, grab the hand of the person beside you and grab the hand of the person on the other side. Just turn and look in their eyes and say, I love you. Hey, I love you. And you know what? I got warm fuzzies from that. Did anybody else watch it and get warm fuzzies? But you know what? No matter how precious that was, that won't change a thing. Because our problem is not that we don't say I love you. Our problem is that the love of God's not shed abroad in people's hearts. What's going to heal this world is the love of God and a manifestation of his saving grace. And, but what's so great to see is that there's a whole lot of people out there that got their hands up saying, I want that. I actually want us to move together in love. I want us to love one another, not hate one another. There's a wide open plane right now for a message of hope and a message of peace. You know, we are set up not just with a philosophy or a few good phrases. We have the power of God in us, the love of God in us to change our world. And we are in London, for London. <laughs> it's so awesome. Give you one more slide, you ready? This is the story of a God transforming the heart of a city and a nation through his people living intentionally. Say intentionally. What do you intend on doing today? Uh, uh, I haven't thought about it. Think about it. Think about it every day. Live on purpose every day. Live on purpose and realize that it matters. Life matters. Every moment matters. Every person you come in contact with, it matters. And these are people that God literally says, you're indebted to them to give them love. I poured my love out on you so that you can freely give it to others. So you're indebted to every person you see to express love, real love, good love, amazing love, loosing gifts and wonderful things in their lives. This is God's invitation to you to invade your city with gracious, merciful, loving kindness. If you're wondering what the action steps are, these are them. If you're wondering what do I want you to do with this sermon, I want you to open your eyes and your hearts and see all around you people who are desperate for a touch of God and you are the hands and feet of Christ to touch them. Because we are in London for London. We are to bring shalom to the city of London. We are called to manifest and to confess and to pray for and express London, city of God. London, full of the peace of God. London, shalom from heaven baptizes you. London, peace from above breaks shackles. London, every assignment of the enemy to bring strife and to hinder and cause one to be turned against another in the name of Jesus. We break it and we command shalom to come that breaks and shatters every chain and every yoke. We command the shalom and the blessing of God Almighty to be upon the city and every situation. Even those we don't agree with, we consider our enemies, we bless them in Jesus' name and we break the spirit that is work behind that and we command the peace of God to invade every circumstance and every situation for his goodness for his mercy for his love peace we lose healing there's people in pain sick bodies lives that need a touch we lose relationships that are tormented people who can't even work they can't even go to work they go to work but they're just going through the motions because their lives are broken relational mess there's people out there that need a message of hope there's believers that have hung their harps on the trees and they're terrified about what's going on they need to sing and they need to see a community that knows how to sing the hope of god 
it's time for us to really intentionally be in London for London. Come on, stand up with me. Father, we bless you. We love you. Thank you. I've been so blessed. You've prospered me. You've been so faithful to me where I am. And God, deliver me from a selfie life. Deliver me from a life where I'm the only one in the picture. God, let me turn the lens around. Let me see. When I go by a painful situation, don't let me say, hey, what a great opportunity for a picture. But let me speak. Lord, I pray no harm here. I pray in Jesus' name. If that was an accident, I I command any spirit of death to leave. I speak life right now in Jesus' name. Father, just help us right now. You said you're preparing us. Prepare us right now for the great harvest that is coming right now. Because we are in London for London. We're here for a purpose. Cause us to realize you've positioned us in our workplace. You've positioned us in the school. you positioned us in our neighborhoods. you positioned us where we are for that community. Not just for me to have a place to lay my head and enjoy myself, but really to, to be a demonstration of the light and the goodness of God. Father, touch our hearts. Touch our eyes. Cause us to see. Move upon us today. Prepare us to see the incredible harvest that is upon us right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just pray right now, all your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Just do that for me. Just bow your head, close your eyes. You know, if you're here today and you wandered in and you just realized, you know what, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Or I'm not sure that I do, but I want to. And if you want to say, I want to begin that journey with Jesus. I want, to, I want to begin that place where I receive him as my Lord and my Savior in a very intentional and in an intimate way. And you know, if you've never done that where you said, I accept you in my life, come and be the Lord of my life. If you're not sure or you are sure, I've never done that, but you want to do it right now, I want to pray for you. It's not going to be a difficult process, but I do want to pray for you. But I just want to, you to acknowledge that you want that prayer just by raising your hand. And I'm going to go one, two, three, and at three, would you Lift your hand really high so I can pray for you, all right? And it's you, it's God, he loves you. It's moving on your heart right now. But as I say, one, two, three, would you lift your hand? One, two, three. Just throw your hand up really high so I can see it. Thank you. Anyone else, just lift it really high. Just lift it really high. Thank you. Anyone else? You can still do it right now. All right, you can put your hands down. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So we're all going to pray, all right? And I want you to pray, and I want you to lift up your voice. Because it says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that you're saved, you're born again, and it's the pathway to salvation. So what God's done, and he's touched your heart with saving faith, I just want you to confess that saving faith. And it says that you're going to be born again, and a miracle takes place in your life. And you are baptized into the family of God. It's really awesome. So we're all going to pray, so you pray too. Lift up your voice. You ready? Say, Lord Jesus... Thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you for introducing me to my heavenly father. I believe you in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that you're risen from the dead. And so I want you, the risen Lord, to be my savior and to be my king. So Holy Spirit, come now baptize me into the body of Christ. Holy Spirit, testify with my spirit that I am a forgiven child of God. Thank you for saving me, for healing me, for setting me free. In Jesus' name, amen.
That was so good. Wasn't that good? I love that, don't you? Let me bless you because it's a beautiful day out there and I want you to enjoy it. But I, in Jesus' name, just pray for anyone who's sick in body right now, anyone who needs a touch from heaven, anyone who needs a breakthrough in their job, their career, anyone who's having a relational conflict that looks hopeless, anyone who just needs wisdom right now, there's a decision, there's something pending and you've got to decide something. Pray for wisdom from above to invade your heart and your life right now. So I speak to your body, be healed. I speak revelation into your heart and into your mind. I speak hope and peace and I speak breakthrough over your life and your circumstances right now in the precious name of Jesus. So Father, right now, I just ask those that are ministering at the altar elders and other altar ministry people could you guys come up now come just come on up now and and these folks are coming up because they're ready to pray for you you don't have to leave here today not being prayed for or ministered to these folks are trained equipped full of the holy ghost ready to minister to you so you don't have to leave here without prayer you can be blessed but right now in jesus name i bless you i bless you with the wonderful love of the father a rich deep revelation of it i pray that for the grace and favor of our lord jesus christ to wrap you and just squeeze you with the revelation of it and I thank you that Holy Spirit is your intimate partner that he's with you and he surrounds you and wraps you and he floods you and fills you and takes you into that harvest field to manifest the goodness of God so you are blessed in Jesus precious name amen God bless you have an awesome day